0: You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. In today's episode, I'm gonna take you along my entire volleyball journey from when I used to coach in elementary school all the way up to a college coach. And I'm gonna share with you all the lessons and insights that I've learned and the big takeaways. I'm hoping that you can not only get one ideal, but many ideas that you can implement in your game right away. So my 12 year volleyball journey so far as a coach, I'm going to share with you on this episode. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm coach Brian Singh. And after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball, and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step by step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. To episode 12, I believe it is, of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again. I've had a crazy week. So, any of you that's been following me on social media and seeing what I've been up to lately, uh, you would know that we just came out of a launch where we opened doors to DVA. For the last time in 2020, we had a workshop at the beginning of the week—a volleyball offensive workshop—and um, it was so, it was great. Uh, everyone that. Came had a great time. They were, you know, there was a lot of action going on in the comments. I got a lot of positive feedback from the offensive workshop. People learned a lot. And they took a lot away from it, which is, which is really what I tried to do there. Try to deliver as much information as I could and make it, you know, tangible and 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 appropriate. So I got some. So anyone here that's listening that. You know, attended the workshop. I hope you had a good time and thank you so much for making that workshop a great experience. And then after I delivered the workshop, I opened doors to DVA for the last time and we've welcomed so many members from across the world. I always talk about the fact that I, I love this sport because it it really just brings people together from all around the world. And we have people from like, I mean, Malaysia, Denmark, Serbia, Italy, Spain, um, Australia, all over North America. And I, and I know I'm, I'm forgetting some. And if I forgot your country, you're a DVA member listening to this, I apologize. But um, it's unreal. And that's not, that's just the people that came in. We still have members from Suriname and um, where else? And uh, there's another place, it's, uh, Philippines. We have one, we have another one from. Uh, I said Malaysia. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. It's people from all over the world. So, so excited to bring them on board to experience, you know, the D- the DVA experience and to learn a lot. So, uh, yeah, it was it was it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. But now I'm, I, I get a chance to sit back, do another podcast episode, and uh, I just continue to educate, you know, as, as, as many people as I can through my free content, such as my podcast. So, Today, oh, before we get into today's episode, um so remember that social media contest I was running back in July just to try to promote the contest? Well, I forgot to announce the winner, and I'm embarrassed to say, but um that winner uh, was announced today, um and it's Carson. Uh Carson, uh let's see what Carson's last name is, but it was Carson He, ra- he made a a really nice review. And I I really appreciate it. And Carson uh, gets the luxury of getting a one on one coaching call. Carson Hilburn, Carson Hilburn gets a one on one coaching call with me. Thank you so much, and thank you everybody, for for uh, you know participating in the challenge or sorry the social media contest. You know giving me that review the the um, and, and the tag on Instagram was great. And for anyone that's listening, if you like the episode that you're gonna about to hear, or if you've liked past episodes, and you or you just like the show, please. Uh, give me a, a review rate the podcast you know I want I want to get feedback I want to know what you guys are thinking so I can make episodes that you know you can get value from because at the end of the day like this is why I do this I do this because this is I, I realize that when I podcast I, I not only build a great relationship with my listeners but there's a lot of value that goes across and it really helps you know again coaches and players it helps really grow their game. And if I can do that, like, I wish I had a volleyball podcast when I was growing up as a young coach and player to, you know, be able to go to and get information. So let me know what you want me to talk about or episodes you want to hear about. And I'd love to, you know, indulge in that and, and get it to you. All right. Four minutes in. I haven't even talked about the episode yet. So let's get to it. Today we are talking about my volleyball journey and I really hope that you can take some key takeaways from this. I hope you can get some ideals that can spark some things, and maybe maybe give you some clarity that you really need. So, I I didn't have a long playing career. There's no surprise. I, I tell I tell people all the time. I never played club. I never played college or pro or anything like that. My vol- I my volleyball stopped in high school. Uh, it stopped in my senior no junior year. So grade eleven of high school. That's when it really stopped. And it wasn't because I didn't want to continue playing, it was because I came to the decision that I was a 5'7 player who's not athletic, and that's not really a recipe for success in college. Uh, so I knew that I would not be able to pursue this competitively. I still love the game, but I really grew, like, I was, um, I was a setter. And I really love the tactical and technical aspects of the game. I love the, the X's and O's and figuring out you know, how to really beat my opponent. I, I was competitive in that sense. So I knew that coaching was going to be the route that I was going to take. And I started coaching a, an elementary school team, a grade 7, 8 elementary school team, when I was in, still in high school. So I was in grade, uh, grade 11, 12 at that time. Like, I can't remember if I was in grade 11 or 12, one of them. And I started coaching an elementary school team. And, you know, I, I didn't know anywhere. I, I thought I knew a lot, but let's be honest, I didn't know anywhere near what I needed to know. And I went in there, you know, a little hotshot, you know, young high school kid trying to teach these seven eights how to play. And I was like, I was that basketball coach that's always yelling on the bench and trying to just, I don't, it was a mess. It was a mess. But I mean, I had passion for the game and I was learning a lot. So um, we did end up doing okay. Right, Because I mean I was better than a teacher who really didn't know anything about the game. Um, so they, they got at least they got a little bit of coaching, you know. <clears throat> and then after I, I did the actually I did the elementary thing for a couple of years um, because I, I just enjoyed interacting with the kids and it was a lot of fun. and I found myself, oh my goodness, I found myself uh, always like no matter what like when I was in and I went to university, and I found myself when I wasn't in university in class, I was always in the gym at the elementary school that I coached and that's where I wanted to be. That's what I love doing. That's kind of how I realized that I was gonna become a teacher. Like before I knew I was gonna I, be, I was going to become a college volleyball coach, I knew I was gonna become a teacher. And I wanted to teach high school. I, I didn't want to teach elementary school. So I always found myself in the gym and I love teaching and, and I and I coached in elementary school with, um, with two teachers uh, um, and Lovanovsky and JP Deloris, uh, sorry, and Delorie. Oh my goodness, bash his name. And JP Delorie, and it was great. Like those two teachers and me, we 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 did a lot of damage. We won a lot of tournaments. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and I, and I grew as a coach uh, there. And then I took my talents, <laughs> took my talents, LeBron. There, I, I took my talents to high school, and I started coaching my old, my former high school team. And I knew I knew a lot more about the game than I knew like what a tempo offense was and what, you know, like what a high ball offense and like little things. Right. I knew a little bit about fundamentals. So I coached. We did pretty well. Um, we, we came second in the league. So we went to the championship and came second and we did OK. And again, though, I was this oh God, hot shot university kid thinking I, I knew I knew everything there was to know about the game. And I'll, I'll tell you some takeaways that I learned uh, when I coached high school. And actually, you know, I'll tell you the takeaways in a sec. Um, After I was, as I was coaching high school too, I got the opportunity to coach club. Uh, And I I started, I had the option to coach a a 14U team or a 17U team. And what do you think I chose? Hotshot young coach, what do you think I chose? Well, if you guessed it, I chose the 17U team. I chose the 17U team to coach because I wanted the older team, I wanted to make sure that I, t- I get to coach the best. And we went in there, and that the team on fo- uh, the team that I took over, um, a parent was actually volunteering. Really nice parent. Um, didn't know a lot about the game, but if he didn't, if he wasn't volunteering, they wouldn't have had a coach. So he was a volunteer coach for years, and he was just learning as he went along. Um, and he was the father of two of the players. So. Uh, there wasn't so much you could do and on top of that my brother was playing on this team as well uh, this 17u team and uh, it was funny so that's kind of another reason why I chose to do it. I was like okay I will get to coach my brother and this what this year that year was a disaster oh boy like so here's some takeaways I'll tell you so that 17u team was they I mean, we were really undersized They lacked the fundamentals. They significantly lacked the fundamentals. Um, They were not playing at a high level, and they—they were good, good boys. Don't—I'm not saying like not no disrespect. They were good boys. They meant well. They were well manneredly kids. Uh, It was just they just weren't good. Like they didn't have the skill, and um, it was unfortunate. But here I was, you know, taking over. I'm like I'm—I'm going to make a difference, right? I'm going to come in. I'm going to teach them how to play volleyball. We're going to win this championship. Don't worry. So I started implementing high-level stuff, right? We're gonna run a tempo offense, we're gonna run inside shoots, you know, left side, this, we're gonna do all the we're gonna have to run X's and we're gonna meanwhile, we couldn't even pass ball in the system half the time. But yet we're gonna run all of this. So this leads me to my first takeaway. Do not do something tactically that you can't do technically. Let me repeat that. Do not do something tactically that you can't do technically. In other words, if you can't get a pass to your setter, you have no reason practicing how to do a tandem. Right? You have to be able to be an efficient passing team before you can even start talking about offensive plays and different routes to run and all of this stuff. You can't do that. So I focused heavily on... At 17U, heavily on scrimmaging, gameplay situations, and offense. That's what I focused on. And that was definitely not the right approach. Without a doubt, it was not the right approach. I can say this now because those boys are, they're probably, some of them are married, some of them have moved on. Like, it's okay now. But back then, though, I, I wanted to win. I did everything I could in my power. I, I, I was learning. The one thing I will say is that I was always willing to learn. I always wanted to learn to be a better coach. Um, so that that came with with just me wanting to, the desire to become a better coach. And mind you, all this time that's going by, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot as I go through. I'm, 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 re- I'm researching, I'm Googling, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I, I put ourselves in the best position to win. So we went to our first tournament at 17u and I looked at the competition I'm like oh wow this is the tournament we can we could do we could definitely do well here I think we came second last that tournament because we couldn't pass a ball we were not in system and we were committing error after error after error on top of being undersized at every position possible so it's just what we didn't do we had we, we lacked the fundamentals and inexperienced coach I was I didn't see it Clearly, after that first tournament, that we lacked the fundamentals. What I saw it as is we were committing too many errors. Therefore, we need to go back to the gym and run and suicide and make sure that we get focused so we don't commit too many errors. Wrong approach. Wrong approach. All right. So, takeaway number two if your team is performing poorly at a tournament or, you know, or, or any, any game, and if it's not an effort thing like meaning they're not they're putting in all their work they're trying their best they're doing what they can and they're not doing anything right or they're not executing efficiently on the court it is a fundamental and skill issue which is nine out of ten times what most of the problems come down to it's a fundamental they need so you got to break it down and if someone's doing stats for you it's even better were you passing below a two that game cuz chances are you were if you weren't on the, if you weren't being efficient on the court which means you have to dial in on your fundamentals. And I'm not saying to go back to the gym and serve and just do serve receive, serve receive. Make sure that your players know how to formulate a platform. They if they can form a platform and form an angle and make sure they can do that efficiently, then we can work on serve receive. But you can't work on serve receive unless your players or you're a, as a player listening to this, unless you know how to form a platform, right, And that and like take that back for a second. Sometimes we go into a, a we go to a game or we go into and we're we're seeing, well, they're not passing properly. They're not passing properly. Let's go back to the gym and just do serve receive. Well, that's not going to solve the problem if they're a platform if they don't know how to form platform properly. They don't know how, if they don't know how to read the ball and then formulate a platform properly. So you have to go back down to the basics. So let me let me give you the difference here between a fundamental. And a skill in in Digital Volleyball Academy, I have a success path for all my coaches and players, and one of the success paths is called build your fundamentals, and the other success path, the other stage of the success path, is called build your skill. Okay, those are two different things, and I, w- I want to explain it to you real quick. So build, so stage zero is called build your base, and that that's just understanding you know rules of the game, positions, etc. Stage one is, is called build your fundamentals and stage two is called build your skill. So passing is a skill, not a fundamental. Passing is a skill. The fundamental to pass is building your platform. Do you see the difference there? So when I say go back to the fundamentals, I sometimes I, I refer to a skill, I know that. But what I, what I really mean is understanding how to create a platform. Once we can do that, then we can work on building the skill which is passing. Okay? It's the same thing with setting a ball. Right? Setting the ball is the skill, but the fundamental is volleying the ball. How does the ball come in and out of your hands? Right? That that wrist manipulation, that that's the fundamental. Setting the ball is the skill now in terms of lo- location and how we're getting the ball there and decision making and all that stuff but the fundamental is how the ball comes out of your hands so that is and that's a significant difference and if you're driving don't make a note of this but if you're not driving make a note of that fundamental versus skill okay so that's what i lacked understanding that and now now that i look back at it i'm like you know thankfully i understand it now because there's still coaches even at the college level that don't they don't get that um but you you got you know, you to make sure you understand the difference between fundamental and skill. So there you go. That's my story for 17u. Um, you know, don't do something tactically that you can't do technically and I fo- I managed. And then we are trying to run a tempo offense. Listen, if you have players that can't contact the ball well above the tape, you have no reason running a tempo offense. Because a tempo offense requires them to come in fast and contact the ball well above the tape to in order to run that offense. If my guys couldn't jump and didn't have the timing and and again, didn't have the fundamental and the skill to hit a ball, they have no reason running a tempo offense because as long as the ball is off the net, the hitter has the advantage. So if I just ran a high ball offense and had the setter push the ball high and off the net, we would have been in a better position to score, but I didn't see that. What I saw is, no, 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 tempo offense is high level offense. Tempo offense can get us the one-on-one fast, get the one-on-one more efficiently so we can score. Well, if we're not getting the right pass, if my players can't run a tempo offense because they don't know technically how to do that, then why am I running a tempo offense? Little did I know, I didn't see that. Okay? So, takeaway number two, we don't want to do that. So let's go to the, let's just fast track to end of 17U. Let's just say that I didn't take that team on any further. I I stopped at 17U, I said, listen... Uh, you guys are going to get another coach and that was it from there and I I went back and I'm like we're going to start from 15U and I'm going to do this the right way and that was a big changing point for me 17 to 15U I went back to 15U so grade 9 and we're going to do this the right way and I think that team unfortunately broke up I got to check with my brother but I don't think they had an 18U year that year I think everyone just went to different teams actually yeah I know for sure that's what happened everybody went to different teams okay so how long have I been going for? I I, I normally try to make these episodes like 20 to 25 minutes, but this might be longer than that, all right? So just a heads up. So we went to, uh, then I went to 15U, and I, I, the one thing about this is I, a lot of my coaching, believe it or not, comes from like a basketball philosophy. Like, I really love the culture that basketball teams have. And because there's no professional volleyball league in, you know, in North America, you, we don't really, you don't really get to see the behind the scenes to what teams are doing and stuff like that. But with the NBA, you get a chance to see, like, you know, in, you get like all the right access and all that stuff where you can see inside the locker room and what coaches are doing and stuff like that. So I really focus on the coaching aspect and what, you know, Greg Popovich is like uh, my like my, one of my mentor coaches. Even though I've never had a conversation with the man, but you know, he's still I still tr- follow him and see what he does, and I've you know read read a lot of his stuff, and he's he's a great great mind. So culture was a big thing I wanted to implement, and fundamentals. Oh boy, was I going to implement the fundamentals. So. Believe it or not, at 15U, I had a great group. So the, remember that 14U team that I had the option of coaching before, but I didn't cho- choose them. I chose the 17 team. Well, now that they're 15U, I got a chance to take them this time. And again, a parent was volunteering and she was happy to step down and let me take over. And this was the team that I always talk about where I had Dane and Kofi Gemma and I had Avi and I had um, a, lot, a lot, of the, a lot of our players, you know, Ryan, Max. Oh man, it was it was great. I had Kier, Kirsten. Um, I can I can go on. And we had we had a couple of players join us late. Um and it was just it was just it was a special, special team. Uh so this this year, uh what I did was oh yeah, Dion Darien. Oh my god. I feel like sorry guys, if any of my my uh, nemesis boys are listening to this and I forget your name. Uh, I'm definitely going to shout it out sometime in this episode. Or if I don't, just you can yell at me. I do apologize for it. Uh, but what I did was culture and fundamentals. So I started off 15U. I implemented, um, you know, passing and serving right away. We, we That's what we did. And we slowly started to grow as a team. It was great. And we were getting better. I mean, we started off in a lower division, but we kept moving up. We improved significantly in that 15 new year. And it was great. I got a chance to finally dial in. And, and I got to grow as a coach, too, working with younger athletes and, you know, just figuring out what kind of coach I am. And we, we had, it was a great time. And I, I you know what? I'm really happy uh, with, that I focused on the culture aspect and the, and the team aspect because one thing, one takeaway, and if you're a club coach listening to this, the thing about club, I found after I finished, is that players aren't loyal. What they are is they're loyal to winning. They're not necessarily loyal to the team, unless you have a fantastic culture in place. Okay. Um, now you're obviously can always have that one or two players that always are trying to you know hunt for the right team that's going to win a championship, and I get that. Um, but I really appreciated our guys because. I want to say 80% of our guys were there from 15U all the way to, all the way to 18U, and that was because of not only myself but our coaches, the culture that we that we had. And let me just like, give you guys an idea: like our assistant coaches had handshakes with every single player on the team. Like I think Brandon and Robert had handshakes. I know Brandon for sure had handshakes with every single player on the team. Just something so small like that created that brotherhood, right? We had things where And I still have it up to today. When you enter our gym, you have to dap or high five whatever you want to call it every single player and coach in the gym. When you leave the gym, you have to dap or high five every single player on in the gym and coaches before you leave. Like little things like that created that culture. That's just one of many things that we do. Um, So it's just. You know, it, it's it's simple things like that, that that make a big difference. And on top of that, we had a lot of fun. You know, we did a lot of team dinners and excursions and whatnot, and it was great. And on top of that, we we wholeheartedly tried our best to make the boys better and grow as a team. And as a result, we saw most of them stay all the way to 18U. Um, so as I, as I grew 16U, 17U, 18U, um, a couple of things that I, I started realizing was that, believe it or not, I wasn't working on the fundamentals enough. Yeah, I could, I spent more time and more attention to it, but it wasn't enough. Um, I didn't realize that at 15 and 16 you these boys are still growing into their body. They still don't know how to jump efficiently and, and, and stuff like that. And mind you, I implemented my vertical jump program in our program. Which was great because those boys, all those boys increased their vertical by, by far. And that was one of the competitive advantages I had as a vertical jump coach. We were one of the high-flying teams. I remember going to Quebec. For those of you that don't know Quebec, Quebec is a province in Canada. And this was 16U. And during our warm-up, this was a warm-up. At 16U, we had a, a ton of people watching our court because of how high our guys could jump. And this was a 16-U team, not an 18-U team, a 16-U team. So it was pretty cool to see that, that that had a really big advantage for us. But again, we still lacked a little bit of the fundamentals. And one thing that I didn't do too, is so here's another takeaway that I wish I did was I wish I specialized more in each individual player. So one thing that I learned later in my career was that every player is different. Not every player is the same, and every player can execute the skill in a different way. So I always use my right side example where, you know, the ideal location for my right side approach is, you know, a step outside the court coming in on that six, five seam, but not everybody is more efficient that way. And we we tested our right sides. So I wish I did that a bit more, like work with my left sides a bit more work with my setter. I wish I had more one-on-one setting because they needed a lot, a lot more reps. Um, and I wish I just had, yeah, you know what, just just more of that, that would have been more efficient just to get that individual trade like just have middles together and stuff like that. We do that a lot in college now where we, where we separate based on position and, and get to train and more focused on the player. But I wish I did that back then. That would have really helped the growth of our players. Um, we did, we just did a lot of team stuff, right? And it, sometimes you may be you resorted to one gym, but even then you, you could be creative with one gym and figure out, you know, have a middle part, have a left side part only. And even if you have to give up a practice to do that every so often, it's still worth it. Um, so that's something that I wish I did, I did more individual training. Uh, and, I, and then as I got older with the 17-18U squad, uh, the pa- passing and serving became more, like I realized that I need to spend more time doing it, which is what we did. We literally, sometimes we serve and pass you know, an hour, hour and a half every practice, and then the last half hour would just be scrimmage. So I realized that, and, and when we did start doing that, boy, 17U, our passing clicked, and it was through the roof, and we were one of the best passing teams in the league. 18U, same thing. One of the, and then um, I'll tell you a story about my libero, Max. Like Max was phenomenal. First of all, he's a phenomenal kid. He was a, a little undersized, skinny boy, but I mean that kid had the desire and the passion and the fun. And he he enjoyed the game. He had so much fun with our game, and it was you know it was just an, an amazing an amazing uh, time with him. But the thing with Max is that he was a young player, and he didn't even make our team. He made the practice squad. And then eventually he made our way onto the team and he became, he was passing, you know, for two years, he couldn't pass. We, we had to take him out of games because he was a liability on the court. And then by 17U, I think it was 17U Nationals, something clicked. Or maybe even the beginning of 17U, something clicked because you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Eventually it's going to click. And this guy was one of the top three passers in the league. In the entire league, in the entire province, up to now, I will, I will one hundred percent argue that he was one of the best passers in the league because he stuck to it. He believed in the fundamentals. He, you know, he and he was great and he did it and he got it. And that just goes to show that if you continue to push through the fundamentals and get it, you're you're gonna do something special. Um, And I forgot why I was talking about Max now all of a sudden. But basically, um, we realized that, yeah, we need to do more fundamentals, more passing. And then our passing got, again, through the roof. It was better. And then eventually, we can then focus more on gameplay and film and stuff like that. One thing I implemented a lot more in 1718U was film sessions. Like, I I would dedicate time to film just film so even if i had to give up practice that was okay we gave up the practice just to watch film and break it down and what i recommend you doing like at the club level we got when we watch film we make it like we made it a a fun night so i I, sometimes i won't do it sometimes if i don't cancel a practice i'll do like a friday night like guys friday night film session we'll order food we order like chinese food or pizza and i'd have them over at my place and we would go and the whole team would be there and we would eat, have a great time, and watch film. And again, this is part of the culture thing, you know? The guys got a chance to be in their regular clothes, not their gym clothes, just hang out as a team, and really just bond as as a team. And it was great. So that's that culture thing that comes in, right? Huge, huge, huge. You, got it. you can't stop doing that. So... That was um, that was seventeen eighteen U, uh, and then we implemented like a, l- a lot more film scouting reports. So we started giving our team scouting reports, and they got a chance to see what that was like. We we did a scouting report as a team. So I started dialing into more scouting and, and how to analyze other teams and tendencies and stuff like that. So that was uh, that's that's basically in a nutshell what my what my s- my club year was. So let's just talk about takeaways from the club season. So takeaways from the club season. I would say don't so don't do tactically what you can't do technically right off the back. Really dial in on the fundamentals and skills. Now you know the difference between the fundamentals and skills, so you can go and make sure your players have those. Um make sure that you focus on culture because players love jumping ship to winning teams. Focus on culture in addition to the fundamentals and skills. Fun. Focus on fun those boys or girls should be having fun. That's what they should be doing. And without that, it's it's just it's just not then it's not going to be an enjoyable enjoyable experience for anyone. You have to do that. Okay? So have fun. Um make sure that you know when you're having fun, here's one thing if you're a coach listen to this. I want you to focus for a bit here. I've seen, and I still see it up to now, I see coaches trying to build a name for themselves more than focusing on the needs of their players. And I don't want any coach listening to this to be one of those coaches. Because it's very clear when a coach is trying to build a name and trying to have that you know, have that prestige rather than focusing on the players they have to be better. Focus on doing whatever they can for their players. And you know how I know this? because, and I'm not involved in club as much anymore as I used to, but when I was involved in club, and I still hear the stories about coaches at tournaments poaching players, talking to parents about coming to my team next year, oh, I can do this, I can do that, and, and, and over the summer telling players, you know, this is where you should be at, you should be on our team, you should be this, when really, if you have a good team of players who are who want to learn, who are willing to give everything to be better, that is, that's what I want as a, as a coach. I want a player who is coachable, who's going to do everything they can in their power to get better, to learn, to want to learn, and, and that's what I want. That's what I want as a coach. So make sure that if you have that, don't be that coach to go and poach players and do all that stuff. It's just not worth it, okay? It's not worth it. Um, so before I get to my college, uh, if you've stayed this far, it's great. I want to shout out my club, my club team. So, Coach Robert, Coach Eric, Coach Brandon, and Coach Guillermo, as well as Michelle, and the players, the players who I still consider family up to today, who some of those, a lot of those players still keep in contact with each other up to today. This is years later, years later. And again, it's because of that culture. That culture. We had Adam, who's a right side slash setter, we had Kirsten, who's a right side, we had Ryan. Who was a left side as well as a setter? Danon, as you guys all know, Kofi, who's now uh, one of the a rising upcoming artists. We had Ben, who was in middle. We had Azam, who's now a big fitness guy, um, who's also middle. We had Trayvon, who was our setter. We had Dean, who was our big heavy right, uh, left side. We had Kier, who was our setter. Max, as I mentioned before, was our all star libero. We had Austin, who was our versatility player, could do everything. And then we had Avi, who was our left side hitter. Um, and Avi is now one of the coaches at uh, Seneca with me. So that was our team. And those boys, if you got, if any of those boys are listening to this, I hope you reach out and just you know reach out to me and each other and just you know reminisce on those great times. Those are great times. Okay. So let's talk about my my kind of trip to college. Well, how long has, I've been going for at this for about 31 minutes now. If you're still listening, I appreciate that. And I hope you got some. I hope you got some tips so far. Okay. The reason I'm doing this, I want I want to get some takeaways. So now, I make my way to college, and actually, it's not how I make my way, so I, after those those boys graduated, I needed a break, I dedicated so much time, oh my goodness, so much time, I needed a break, so I took a year off, and I just, I did some guest coaching and stuff like that, and I, I you know, I, I was a mentor or coach to a lot of people, and I uh, then I got the opportunity to coach in college, now the college... Uh, now, I, I really don't want to sound arrogant when I say this, but the college, apparently there was a couple players, they were they were interviewing coaches, and I guess they, they didn't like, or um, the co- coaches weren't, weren't the right fit or whatever the case was, and a player dropped my name, and the AD reached out to me and said, would you be interested in applying? And I actually told the AD, I really appreciate that, but I I don't think I'm qualified, I really, I don't think I'm qualified for the job. And he said, "Apply anyways." And I said, "Okay, sure. What do I have? What do I have to lose?" The AD is calling me to apply for a college position. Sure. So I applied. I got an interview the next day, and they said, "Prepare a presentation on how you'd run the program and stuff like that." So I did just that. I, I told him, I basically prepared the presentation how I ran my new year. I started from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Really simple. And you know what it it was composed of? It was composed of. Um, let me actually. I, let me see if I can find it right now, just to just to show you, uh, what, like how I how I did it, and I think you can hopefully maybe relate to this and see um, how. So I started with training camp, okay. So I started with a training camp, and I'm like, okay, you all you want to have a good training camp, and everyone listen to this. You want to have a good training camp, so I would go away and for a weekend, if anything, just a weekend, rent a gym somewhere else, and make sure that. You have a nice plan in place, and training camp should include um, basically any kind of uh, fundamentals that you want to go over. You want to make sure that you you not only go over the fundamentals, but you go over the team culture, the the like your you know your pillars of your program, and you do a lot of team building, and um, you know that's the kind of stuff you want to do. So you want to have a training camp where you go on the fundamentals. You make sure that you teach it to your t- you teach it to your team. You um, you just instill all your values and and all that stuff. Okay, that's what you want to make sure is uh, is it. So you establish your culture. You create an atmosphere with expectations and athletes wanting to compete. Okay, you establish your cultural norms. You you talk about you know. Like okay, I remember the greeting teammates. I, I think I talk about great greeting teammates. Practice jerseys. I didn't even mention that. You guys should have a separate set of practice jerseys just for practice. So if a team was to walk in, they don't just see anyone in a random T-shirt, or if a, or if a coach was to walk in, they don't see they just see a team. And I had I had reversible jerseys, like the basketball reversible jerseys, where you know when you're when you're scrimmaging, you have one team versus another. It looks better when a team looks good as they practice, when they have that feel. All that stuff makes makes a big difference. Trust me. Practice jerseys make a huge difference in the culture, in the competitiveness, as opposed to just seeing a bunch of people in t-shirts where that could be like a rec team. Punctuality. Pre-game routines. You talk about all this. What's what's our pre-game routine? And I, I talked about our pre-game routine back in a, in, a, in, a, in a previous episode where I talked about um, efficiencies and stuff like that. You want to make sure you create a brotherhood or a sisterhood, that family environment for these athletes. Okay. You want to make sure you do that. And then um, I always talk about character and stuff like that. Okay, then um, that's that's training camp. All right. Then the program outline. So we start we start off with tryouts. Talk about expectations. Um, you know, making sure you you figure out what you want to do at tryouts. You have that should be mapped out. You should know what you want to do at tryouts. Okay. Uh, I talked about training camp already. So make sure you do all that stuff. Uh, make sure you have a strength program, a strength training and vertical and vertical jump training program. So your your players have that going for them. You can, listen. It's not just about volleyball training. It's about strength training as well. Okay. So make that. So it's huge for that. <clears throat> make sure you talk about what practice looks like. Okay. So this is what this is the expectation for practices. Um, uh, what I like to say is, athletes always th- athletes receive constant feedback and measurable feedback. I'm huge on measurable feedback, and I talked about that in previous episodes. Okay, one-on-ones. Make sure you have one-on-ones. Okay, these are all my college takeaways, guys. One-on-ones. Make sure you have one-on-ones at the beginning of the season, mid-season, and end of season. All right? And if situations arise, other one-on-ones can be scheduled. And in your one-on-ones, you talk about, you know, your team goals, your individual goals. Um, you talk about concerns and how the athlete can contribute to the team. You, you really want to build a personal and positive relationship with that athlete. Nutrition, nutrition's huge. Um, spend some time at the beginning of the season discussing your team, you know, your nutrition and teaching, and, and let them understand what it is and understanding the importance of it. And if you if you're lucky to have someone who's an expert on nutrition, bring them in and have them talk. Okay, make sure that happens. Uh, Film and scouting reports are big, I I mentioned that before, make sure sure that's implemented in your program. And then team outings, you want to make sure team outings are huge. So, by the way, what I'm talking about right now, these are all the things I mentioned in my interview. This presentation, all these are key topics I talked about in my presentation. So team outings is like team building stuff. So like bowling, you know, sky zone, whatever you want, dinners, all that stuff. Uh, and then and this may not apply to many of you, but recruiting, I talked about how important recruiting is to the success uh, the success of the program and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, at the end of the season, I talked about reflection. It's really important as a coach to reflect, even as a player. What am I saying? As a player, it's really important to reflect at the end of the season. Um, And that shows a lot because it shows that you want to grow as a player and a coach and it shows that you're willing to do what it takes to do that. So you reflect on the season, you talk about your improvements, you talk about your achievements, and then you begin to plan for the next season. So all of these things I talked about in my interview and I made a nice presentation and it worked. And the next day I got hired. It was pretty incredible. So uh, when I, I got hired and now I'm five years in as a college coach and everything I mentioned is what we do. So without getting too much into detail about how I set up my college program, I basically just described it. So that's how we do college. That's how I do my college team. So some takeaways for you that I learned um, in college is efficiency. Oh boy, efficiency is huge. I, I I, can, you know what? I might do a whole podcast episode on efficiency um, if I haven't already. I, I, talked it, I talked about it a bit, but efficiency is huge. And when I say, when I talk about efficiency, I mean, you know, and when I had Spraw on the podcast, we talked. We talked about this too, about you know, being deliberate in your practice, maximizing that those two hours of practice time, if that's what you have, making sure that. You write up your practice plan and plan, and know and have a plan for everything that's going to happen in that practice. So when it, when it, when when practice is go time, it's like you maximize those two hours, making sure that your drills, you're maximizing efficiency with your drills. You know, you don't have players just not doing anything. You have every player has a purpose, and we're maximizing every repetition that we can. I'm all about efficiency, and as I continue to grow as a coach, I'm going to continue getting better as efficiency. But that's something that I, I took a big takeaway. So, really, as a coach, I, I would encourage you to dial in on your efficiency. Um, I learned how to analyze film a lot better. That's actually a skill in itself. How to properly analyze film, both from analyzing your own team as well as analyzing other teams, so you can beat them. So you know that was a huge takeaway for me. Recruiting was a big thing. I hate recruiting. Let me tell you, I hate recruiting. Uh, I don't know. This is this might be old school of me, but like. I don't want to go and go to a player and say, "Hey, come play for me! I can give you this, 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 this." Like, I don't know. That just seems so salesy. Like, I want a player to come to our program because they believe that I have something, you know, for them to to offer them. I, you know, I'll make them better, and they want to come join join our community, our amazing team. You know, that's that's why I want a player to come. I don't want a player to come because I got to go beg them to come. Like that's, but I mean. That's my personal opinion from recruiting. I know it's part of the job. I know you have to do it, and I have great assistant coaches who take that on for me. And I and after they've talked to the players, I will I will one hundred percent talk to them after and you know give them you know my two cents. But but that's that's really that's really it on my end. Uh, and then you know treating every game like an event. That was another big takeaway for me because um, you know in club it's like tournaments. You know like you're playing so many different teams. You have so many different ways of doing things like. Like now I'm, you know, there's no, like it's, it's a, it's an event. You know, we have, we have scheduled games that we have. It's like a program. There's like programs printed out for people to, to get, there's popcorn and there's fans and there's an announcer and it's, it's great. I love it, but it's a whole new different ball game. So that was, that was one thing that I learned. And I actually learned that you can, um, you can do the same thing uh, in, in club, you can absolutely do the same thing in club. So it's just a matter of making sure that you implement certain things, you know what I mean? Like certain things you want to make sure you do. So that's, um, that's pretty much the rundown of my college. I, I kind of go into, I got, I kind of go into it in, um, I think it's the second episode of the volleyball by design podcast. One simple tip to help with confidence and game strategy. Uh, I think I, I go into it, uh, about how I, I make it an event and I talk about it in there So if you want to figure out you know how I plan for games That's a good episode two is a good one to go to uh, And then I would say episode what is this one two three four five six seven episode seven The real reason you're not making progress that's another good one to, to listen to as well um, Just in terms of how you think about certain things but episode two is definitely a good one That will help you uh, without a doubt and maybe I've actually got a couple. Of, a couple I got a couple of ideas after you know recording this podcast episode of things I might talk about. Like I can talk about efficiency and how to analyze film, and you know all that stuff. That's like two separate episodes right there. So maybe we'll we'll, we'll dive in and talk about that in an, an upcoming episode. So that's my that's my run for you guys. Um, I hope I, I I spoke longer than I thought. This is supposed to be a 25 minute episode. I'm going on for 41 minutes and I'm still going. So, uh, the, so the basically the takeaways from college was listen. Um, I still you still need to focus on the fundamentals. All right. Uh, you, you heard my, my interview that I talked about like all the points I made in my interview. So all those things have to be in play. Um, you want to focus on fundamentals. You want to focus on efficiencies. You want to focus on each player, like get your time to specialize in each player, figure out, know your players, know your players inside out, figure out what their weaknesses are. So you can turn them into strengths, figure out what their strengths are. So you can make them even stronger. Okay. Know what your players. is Um, strengths and weaknesses are really dial in on individual coaching so you know have the middles go on one side have setters go wherever and and focus on the individual do a lot of individual work and then um, you got to learn how to analyze film better so that's something you can do even as a club coach really dial into your understanding of how to analyze film Um, and then and then gameplay game planning and go watch listen to episode two about game planning that will help you as well that's my big takeaways from college okay uh yeah there you go 42 minutes and that's my my journey. I, I could have talked a lot longer. I, I actually tried to to uh, tone it down a bit. I, I, I didn't talk about a couple of things here in my notes, but that's okay. You got you got the logistics of my journey. And I hope from my younger, my younger coaches that are listening to this, don't make the same mistakes I did about thinking you're a hotshot and think you got to focus on focus on the fundamentals and the culture. Okay, do that. And don't do something tactically that you can't do technically. That's all levels of coaching. All right. I hope you enjoyed episode 12 here. Thanks so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, you want you gotta you guys gotta follow me on Instagram. If you're not following me on on Instagram, head over there. Brian Singh underscore Coach B. I got a lot of cool daily tips and things I provide for you guys uh, in there. And I got a private um, Telegram group. I don't know if you know about that. Um, And I and I. It's just like my voice recordings and I, you know, join in the Telegram group. It's called uh, Coach Brian's Volleyball Channel. You can look it up on Telegram. You might have to download the app, but it's really cool. I, I just, I talk in there. Anytime I have a cool idea or I try to give daily tips, like every day I'll come out with a daily tip. It's like a nice little thing you can just listen to once a day um, and hopefully that can give you an idea, right? So my Telegram, you got my Instagram where I post daily videos um, and then you got the pod. And the pod is where we, we get we get to dive in, maybe have a little deeper connection here. Um, and if you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe so you get notifications. I um, mean, give me a review. Yeah, let me know what, how you think about it. So, you know, we can, uh, we can definitely um, make episodes that you guys want. All right. But after this podcast, I got a couple ideas for some upcoming episodes that I think will be really good. All right. That's it for me. See you again on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care, everyone.